Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores! Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome to episode 17 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Ed Westfall edition. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and with me, as always, is my boy, Rob Tomlin. Rob, what's up? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, happy Fourth of July to everybody in the United States. Um, yeah. uh, good time yesterday at a party I went to, but um, now we're, we're back in. Uh, we gave uh, Friday's free agency... Uh, two days to um, create a little more uh, news, if there was any, but um, I thought today would be a good uh, time to get together and just talk about uh, the recent signings. Um, yeah, uh, first of all, the big one, uh, David Backer signed a five-year contract with the Bees. Um, I, 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 go for it. Go for it. I like, I like the way you analyze the lineup. So I, I'm curious on what you have to say about this one. If Bacchus is playing a right-wing position like he has done at the Blues at times, this is a great signing. If we've just signed a guy for $6 million a year for five years to play third-line centre when we already have Ryan Spooner for the third-line centre spot, this is a bad deal. That That's the way I see it. It, it goes one of two ways. If he's there as a third-line centre when Ryan Spooner or someone else is injured, great. And if he plays wing the rest of the time, great. But if he is there just to play third-line checking role, bad deal. Really bad deal. I have to agree with that. The money he's making, uh, the $6 million a season, uh, that, yeah. that to me just spells uh, 
top six. You know. Yeah, that that's that's a first line player right there. If you if you're paying six million dollars a year for five years, that is a top line forward. If you, if you look around the league at other guys that are getting paid for maybe not the suit like a superstar guy, not like an Ovechkin or a Jamie Benton, but someone who plays top six minutes, plays on the first or second line wing, that's the kind of money you're looking at. That that's not a third line centre role. You look at a guy like uh, Darren Helm who just got re-signed uh, by Detroit. I think they paid. 2.5 or 2.6 mm-hmm. for a third line role and he is a great player so I, I, I can't I can't see him playing that third line role unless unless the big thing happens that everyone went off on one as soon as it was released that he was signed if they do trade David Krejci but I don't see it. I don't see him going anywhere David Krejci to me is a guy who's going to be like picked up as a Bruin, kept as a Bruin, retire as a Bruin. Same with Patrice Bergeron. Them two guys, and I don't see him leaving unless the wheels fall off. Right, and it's hard. I, I, it's hard to do all the trade rumor. I'm not a big rumor guy, as you know. Yeah. But um, you know, when you think about it, you can't really find a lot of value in a guy that's not going to start the season. I mean, I'm I'm projecting he's not going to be in in the lineup for a month or two. Well, the thing is, now they've got Bacchus, they can give him that time to to be perfect. Right. Like, to be in the perfect shape health. They can let Bacchus play the second-line centre role, let Griffith play on the wing, give him that time to get back to 100%, and then he can come in and do what he did at the beginning of the last season. Because when, when David Krejci is perfectly healthy, he's... He's a force around the league. He's proved it every year. Right. Every year when he comes in healthy, he totally annihilates the league. And then as soon as he gets knocked about a bit, that's when he starts to go. But that that could be another reason David Backus is here. He could play on David Krejci's line because Bergeron and Marshan don't need it. They can play with a kid up front. So he could be there to look after David Krejci because how many times have we seen him get injured halfway through a season exactly if you've got Bacchus on your line no one's going to mess with you yeah he, he's proved that in uh, with the Blues he's done it year in year out he looks after guys and he is one of those guys when it gets to the end of the season there'll be no drop off from him he won't he won't turn around and start going oh well I'm tired I, I can't push myself He'll be a hundred percent night in, night out. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be great. But I, I wouldn't, don't expect forty goal seasons from this guy. This guy's not, he's not a pure goal scorer. Yeah, he's a guy who's going to go to the net, open lanes up, give you room, and be a good four checker. That's what he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a role player, uh, an expensive role player. Um, he's going to come into the, into the Bruin system uh, with uh, a, a great sense of leadership that I, I believe and it's no it's no big secret to Bruins fans that the leadership on this team is lacking and it's and I don't know how many times Tory Krug has to come out and say that you know before yeah. before people you know get on board with uh, you know there's something definitely wrong in the locker room and I, I believe Bacchus is a guy that can come in and 
and really, you know, add depth to the top two lines somewhere, um, preferably on the right side. I'd like to, you know, you know how Stepniak was with uh, Marchand and Bergeron a lot of the time last year? Yeah. That's that's where I'd like to see Bacchus in one of those areas, or like you said, second line <laughs> with uh, David Krejci. Yeah, let let Pasternak have some first line uh, time. There, there you go. When, when was when was the last time we saw him on the first? No, uh, he's been like first line. He's been a, a third role. He's been a third line player, and then when he when when um, uh, Claude doesn't see good things from him, he's now he's demoted to the fourth, fourth line yeah, minutes. Well, so look look at last year. They put him on the second line with David Krejci. Yep. He produced. He looked lethal at times. Yeah, his passing was off. There was a lot of blind passes to the center of the ice in the offensive zone, but that's something that you've got to let him learn himself. Yeah, that's something that you've got to let him do until he realizes that he can't turn the puck over like that. Because you can't just scream and shout at a guy like that and expect him to go right. I'm never going to do it again. Right. You you just got to let him do it. And we we're in a progression time where we can let these kids do this, learn to be NHL players, and become something better than what we had before where we had a solid team and there was no room for any kids so right but you have to give them time too you know yeah. I, I mean i hate to knock i hate to knock on this door all the time but uh the, the alexander koklachev you know he was not a very good nhl player i understand that but you know i personally think that if he got more of an opportunity to 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 create you know some some type of role I think yeah. you would have seen a different different player, but to me, you're not going to see a guy like that just come in for one game and you know blow everybody's mind. Oh yeah, because if if you went from say your local beer league to the next step up, then you're not going to produce like you did in your beer league team. Right. It's not going to happen because it's it's a different step up. Now imagine being in the AHL where you've there's there's not as big a crowd there's not as like there's not the tv cameras on you all the time you're not under the eye of every fan out there then go into the nhl and have look on facebook and everyone's dogging you because you made one bad pass that night and it wasn't your fault that they lost but they'll blame it on you because you're the new kid so right you you've got to give these guys like i was a bit annoyed that achari came up at first because I was hoping to give Koklachev that fourth line role. Yeah, I was. And give him, give him reduced minutes, let him make his mistakes on a reduced time schedule, and then let him progress. But they didn't. I I I had the pleasure of watching Achari down in Providence, and I was a big supporter of him. But I I didn't see that type of game with the Bruins. But when he came when he came up, it was a big surprise to me because he he definitely showed a, a different side of of playing, uh, you know, to his skill level. Um, yeah. But you know, I I, I was I was hoping the Kolkachov would have gotten that spot, and, and you know, I, I mean, you got to give these guys time to create chemistry. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, the tough thing you see now is that it looks like Achari is not going to start the season with the Bruins. Right. So that that's another kid who's gone down, but that's another kid who you can turn into a power forward that actually produces. He he struggled to get he struggled to get pucks to the net. He missed quite a few shots. 
He struggled with his timing in the offensive zone, getting past players. Send him back to Providence and get him to learn that stuff. Yeah. And then when he comes back up, he'll have a better shot. But you, there's there's a time for players to come up. And guys like Zarnik and Achari, who haven't been in the AHL long, never mind about the NHL, they need time in the AHL to develop so they become an all-around player. Because yep. it's all right saying, oh, I want to score in winger. But do you really want Alexander Radulov on your line, who's not going to come back or and back-check? Yep. He's, he's not going to do any of the work. Yeah. Look at um, look at Ovechkin the other year. That that whole meme of him where the, it said your controller's turned off because he just glided back and didn't didn't even bother trying putting his stick in the way or anything. Do you really want that on your first line? No. And, and you know what's funny is when you bring that up, it reminds me, I, I believe you're talking the same season that Kukoc, I mean, um, uh, Ovechkin was like a minus 57 that season. Yeah. That was the year you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you want that? Exactly. Why would you want a minus 57 player? Yeah, he's going to put up goals, yep. but he didn't put up 57 goals. But he's going to be on the ice for the same amount of goals. Yeah, but you look at it, he must have been, what, he scores like 30 a season, so that's plus 30 right there. Mm -hmm. So that's 80 goals that have gone in <laughs> to make him a minus 50 player. Jeez. That's 80 goals while you're on the ice. Now you look at someone like Bergeron and they barely have 80 goals go past any of the top two lines all season. Right. So you've you just got to look at it like, what do you want from a player? And the way I see an NHL player is the same. It's going to annoy a lot of people who probably listen to this, but it's the way, the way I see it is the same way that Claude Julian sees it and you want an all-around player who can do everything. Mm-hmm. But Claude Julian doesn't have the patience to allow kids to form into that. Right. Whereas yeah. I understand you're going to have patience if you have a bad night and you bench him or put him up in the bleachers the next night. That could have been the night that they score three goals and have a great game, but you're denying it them because right. they had a bad game. So. Well, it's just... Uh, yeah, we, we, we need more patience in Boston, definitely. And, and, and uh, um, Don Sweeney uh, clearly stated that, you know, he's like, he, um, he basically told the fans that, you know, you, we have to be patient with these guys, and especially on the defense. I, 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 I strongly believe that they, they believe in themselves in the current core that they have right now because they didn't do anything to, to um, you know, recognize the gaps that need to be filled. They didn't do it at the trade deadline. They didn't do it at the at the um, at the draft in Buffalo, and they well, certainly didn't address anything with free agency on Friday. Yeah, well, I I, I tweeted out. I said, "Look, you you got to have patience. Why rush a trade? Yeah. Why why do what Edmonton did? Are we going to give up Marshan for a barely top four defenseman? No, right." Like we need to be patient on the trade market, and when teams become desperate for that position that they need, closer to the start of the season, when they need that certain thing and they haven't got it all off season, that's when we can go in and go, yeah, but we want double the price. Yeah, yeah. Asking prices, I I heard are, are, are getting ridiculous. So yeah, that's, that's probably you... why a player like Lu Shen is still available. 
Yeah, f uh, what was it? Uh, for the, the whole Shattenkirk thing was apparently the 14th overall pick, a second round pick, and David Pasternak. Uh, I think no. that's, I think that's too much. Yeah, that even the first and Pasternak's too much. Right. Pasternak's a proven top six scorer. All right, all right, all right. Try listen to this scenario, okay? Forget Shattenkirk, all right? What mm -hmm. about what about if if um, you know, Seth Jones was involved or uh, Tyson Barry? Uh, would you give up a, a player like that? I mean, Barry might be a bad example, but let's just say Seth Jones, a young kid, a ton of potential. Really good upside. To me, Pasternak is unmovable for the Bruins because what what do we have in the pipeline that's a top six winger coming up in the next five years? On the left side. Well, on the well, he plays on the right, doesn't he? So you've got Seneshin. Seneshin. Yeah. That that's it. Yeah, but you're still a year you, or two away on that two, one. Yeah, so you've got two spots to fill, and you've only got one guy to fill it if you trade Pasternak away. Right. Wait, wait three years. Then you've got Pasternak and Sanishin. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want them two guys on your right side? Exactly. And Just, Pat, David, David's got another year. Uh, yeah. Before he's a RFA. So. We have we have so many defensemen in the pipeline that could turn into anything at any time. Yep. Look at guys like Lawson. He's he played great. To say that he got his throat slashed and then came back within a time scale that they never believed he would do. Right. That guy's just shown true grit, determination to play for whatever team that he's playing for. That is a kind of guy that could progress into anything. That could be a top two D-man that we don't know about. So, to me, it's just a wait-and-see progress. Just calm down. <laughs> You you're not the Leafs. We're not. I I know people are saying yeah, but I'd rather be bottom of the table and get a great player for the first round pick, like first overall pick. But knowing the Bruins will go into the lottery and become third. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny is you you bring up another good point <clears throat> is how many teams that are like taking on Mark Savard or Nathan Horton contracts that have to get to that. That you know that bottom of the cap. Yeah. How many of those teams that have money to spend are actually winning? None of them. Exactly. So, well, well, I mean, other yeah. than Florida. Right. Uh, right. But that's an exception. But a lot of the teams that are that are mostly competitive and that you can almost you know air quote guarantee a playoff yeah. spot are those teams that are up against the <clears throat> ceiling every year. Oh yeah. So. But at the same time, there's. There's, gap, there's GMs out there that can control the cap and put out a team that is competitive, but don't expect them to win the playoffs. Right. It, they can make it, sure, but unless you spend big at, at the deadline when you've got cap space, you, I, I don't see people winning. So I think with the Bruins, they've been doing the right thing, but just doing it the wrong way. So I think just leave Sweeney in charge to do what he's doing because he even said when he came in this is like a four or five year plan. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not a oh I fixed it. It's not I'm going to fix it by the end of the year. So 
you sack him off at the end of next season if we have a bad year, and then another guy comes in and goes, right, I've got a five-year plan. You've just extended it to seven years overall. Right. Just stick with the guy. I, I know he's frustrating. I know he's hard to read and hard to understand, but I think if a guy's got a plan and he's started to put things in place for that plan, you leave him in place, see how the plan is at the end, that that's how I do business if I was them. I'd, I'd just leave him in charge, try and find a new coach maybe. Maybe Cassidy gets the coaching job if they don't do great. I don't, I don't know. Well, in, in addressing the needs on defense, um, they extend for a one-year deal uh, for $2 million, John Michael Lyles. Um I thought he did all right in his short time last season. Uh, yeah. I mean, he definitely added a little value to defensive possession numbers. But yeah. uh, I, I think it's a decent signing. It's a low risk one year. I think it's, I think it's a, a contract that allows maybe another year of development to um, a Jake. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, oh, I can't think of his name now. Are you thinking Zaboro? No. Oh, Brandon Carlo. Ah, there it, you go. It might, it might give him another year or a full season in the AHL before he comes up. So I, I can understand a signing like that, but uh, a signing like that does not address the, the that huge gap that I, I keep talking about on a defensive core. The great thing is, though, Carlo's not waiver eligible. He's never played a game in the NHL. Right. So if there's an injury during the season, we can bring him up for his minimum games. I can't remember how many it is now, but we can bring him up for his minimum games, send him back down, and no one can claim it. Right. So I think it's he will 10. get playing time. I, I guarantee he'll get a game or two this season. Oh sure. Whether it's at the beginning or in the middle when right. someone's injured, but right. but signing John Michael Lyles addresses the big need in our defensive core, and that is transitional puck movement. And the fact that the only signing to a one-year deal, to me, is the the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care how much you pay him. Well, I do care how much you pay him, but at the same time, $2 million, great signing because he's going to be a bottom-pair guy, probably going to play with Kevin Miller, maybe Adam McQuaid if you can't move him. Right. It, it'll be good. He it, it looked great at the end of the year. I I'd say out of him and Stempniak, I preferred Lyles. Yeah, so. I, you know, if 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 this was the typical Bruins like last year and the year before that, when like the salary cap was like five hundred thousand dollars, yeah, a move like that would kind of you know piss me off. But and the fact that we have so much room, the fact that we like t- yesterday's cap was eight point five. Today's projected yeah. cap on GeneralFanager dot com is ten point. Um, oh no, it's eight, It's still eight point five. I'm reading the projected floor scale. So we have that money available. So this is not a bad signing at all. I, and I I like the term. You're not you're not locked into them for a long you know three or four year deal. You're getting one year. You possibly move on from that. Um, I I just I think he it, it doesn't address the the need that we need right now. But but like you said and like Don said. Uh, Don Sweeney, it, it's 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 patience, and this is this these might be the type of moves 
that he's talking about. Be patient with the players that we currently have and we can currently get. And then in the future, we'll see what happens on uh, acquiring you know, better assets. But just think, come trade deadline, if we're out of the playoff picture, or at least out of the wild card spot, you trade him, you probably, if he's had a good year and he's getting good assist totals and he's moving the puck well, then you're probably getting a second round pick. Mm-hmm. So it's a guy that we can bring in on a short-term contract that if it doesn't work out, we can trade him. There's no no move clause on him. There's none of that stuff. Right. Just bring him in, let him play. If we don't do well, see you in a bit. You're gone. So I'm happy with that because it, it's asset management. Yep. There's, we have a need for picks in next year's draft because I don't think we got the second round pick because I think we traded that for Stempniak. Yes. I think. Yes. So then look at that. You John Michael Lyles, if he has a good year, you got your second round pick back. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how about the uh, acquisition of uh, Riley Nash? Signed a two-year contract with the Bees. Uh, kind of a two-way bottom-tier center. Yeah, that's I don't... the guy who's going to take Achari's job, in my opinion. Right. Um, this, is this I believe, is a... It is. It's a NHL contract, so... And it's... I don't 900,000 believe... 900,000 a year. Yeah, for But I don't believe he's... Um, he's eligible to... to I don't think it's a two-way where he can start down in Providence, but I think this is a straight-up NHL I have a feeling it is a two-way because I think the minimum an NHL contract is 975000 So sounds like it might be a two-way contract. Not 100% sure on it, but I'm pretty sure minimum is 950k or 975 so well general manager has him at 900,000 and he's got no dollar value at the AHL salary so it's uh, it's so an NHL yeah. deal it's a one way yeah so that like you said probably forces out a player like Noel Achari um I don't know much about Riley Nash um he's got a pretty cool I do <laughs> he's got a pretty cool name to me but uh he it, is a uh... He, he he's actually a really good player, surprisingly. Like this is one of them kind of sleeper guys that are in the uh, free agency that usually you don't see him getting picked up for probably about two months and then they get picked up. But I think he'll do well for us. He he's got NHL experience on the bottom six. Uh, he's played wing before if needed, so you may see him on the right side. Or the left side with Achari in the center, but I don't see it happening. I see him as a centerman because he's quite good on the uh, face-off. But the thing is, he can put up points. He's not going to be a fourth-line center that just grinds and bangs. He's he's actually a point getter. So I kind of like this because, like you want, you want four lines of point-producing guys. Yeah, you don't want that fourth. Team. Yeah, you don't want that Merlot line again. Right. Is is your kind of thing. Right. I I see him playing with the way I see it with the fourth line this season is him in the center, Randall on the right, and then you probably find a guy to play on the left. I've been saying all off season I'd love to give 
Hargrove a chance. Yeah, Colton. Colton's a good player. Good, good, uh, gritty, hard nose style. You know, he's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna put up a bunch of goals, but he, you know, he he, he does get those those real, um, skillful bursts once in a while. But I mean, that guy works very hard along the half wall. Yeah, that's why I, I I've said so many times about giving him NHL opportunity. And so many people shoot me down for it. Yeah, well, and, I, and a lot of a lot of times it's guys who actually go to the AHL games. Well, they say they go to the AHL games, and right. they they tell me, "Oh no, no, he he wouldn't survive in the NHL. No, he's definitely an AHL player." But like I've said in the past, you never know who you've got down there until you put them in the show, and you give them that opportunity that they want because he's never played NHL time right, before right i i got killed uh, on my suggestion um about a, a player like brandon defazio um yeah he, another grindy guy yeah and 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 uh i didn't see i've been watching following this guy since he's been a canucks i believe a canucks draft pick um he he just this season, it seemed like when he came on and in, in, in his first year with the bruins it seemed like the system was catered to him. This yeah. was this was the way that you'll you'll get the best out of this player. Um, he he's awesome against the boards. He goes in those dirty areas. He's he can be a top crease person, a, a, just a nuisance. Um, and you know, of course, I got killed. And, and then he had a career year in points. You know exactly. what I mean? But I mean, I don't know. I, I like players like that because I do actually watch every one of the uh, Providence Bruins games, and I. I see value in a, in a player like that, but um, could you imagine seeing Hargrove on the left and then him on the right? Oh my with god! Riley, with Riley Nash being the skillful center, Jesus! Like them two guys would create so much room for a center like Nash. Right. I think I think he'd have a career year in points if he was put with them two guys. Because I mean, he'd to, just have that much room in in the center. I hate to compare because it's apples and oranges, but you know it's kind of like the way the <clears throat> Pittsburgh Penguins are right now. I mean, look, look at their fourth line. And that, you know, that basically sounds just like, um, you know, what's his name? Matt Cullen. Yeah. Matt Cullen playing on the, I believe, a fourth line role with two other guys. I mean, that, was, that, yeah, that line was a, really good. It was really productive. Yeah, I think he had Rust, who was yeah. quite a speedy, grindy this is, guy. This was his the... first year in the NHL. Exactly. Yeah. I, to me, I say give him the opportunity. Right. I think, I think... DeFazio and Hargrove are going to have quite good camps, I think. I really do. I think they're going to impress with the way that they actually act on the boards. Yep. And we've needed guys who get in deep and dirty against the corners and just dig the puck out. And look at it with Bergeron. Sits in the center of the ice. Two guys go into the boards, take the puck straight to Bergeron straight to the net right and how many goals has he scored this year off a pass coming from a four check mm-hmm. and he's they've got the puck passed it to him and he scored Agreed. so I, I give those two guys ice time riley nash to me probably gonna see 30 points from him this season so wow i'm writing that one down yeah, you you can do, and then I will admit I'm wrong at the end of the season. But uh, yeah, another guy who asset management 
if he produces a third line points rate, then trade him off at the deadline. Yep. Two year small deal. Some team would love him for the playoffs. So yeah, that's another guy, asset management. You sign a guy cheap, you bring him in for one to two years, and he can be traded at the deadline because no one cares about a guy who's got nine hundred thousand on his salary for the mm-hmm. next year. It's nothing. It's nothing against the cap. So Alright, so the next one. This is the real interesting this, to me. This is my favorite one. Yeah, and I think we're going to butt heads. I can already tell. I am not a fan of them bringing back Anton Kudobin. He signed Kudobin. He signed a two-year deal, $1.2 million a season. I, I don't understand this at all. I do. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna, um, let me say what I got to say. I he if if he didn't show the Bruins at a low cap value what he did that shortened NHL season due to the uh, the lockout, then why do you see value in him now? I I don't understand that he's been playing a majority, and I know who's in who's who's starting and who's who's up in the Anaheim Ducks crease with uh, Gibson and and at the time it was for Anderson, but. Yeah. He is, you know, a career AHL player. I, I, this is, this is, you know, it's a little more than the six, seven hundred thousand dollars that they, the Bruins have, um, revolved through, uh, the past five straight seasons because they're they're up against the cap. But I don't think that this is the player that can go on a roll and like light a fire under Tuka's ass and say. You know what? You're a $7 million guy. You should be able to play like it. I love Rask. I'm not Rask bashing. I do believe that this organization does need somebody in there that could probably go on a roll and be like, you know, Tuke's like, oh, man, I got to freaking really step it up. But I don't think this is that guy. Um, and I'm not happy about this move. I, I could be wrong. I know it remains to be seen. On paper, this was a bad signing. Let's let's hear what you got, buddy. Hoobie's back. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I love Hudon. Oh, he's first of all great signing because he's one of Tukaresk's best friends when he was on the ruins. Those two got on like a house on fire. Great signing. You saw last year, if anyone watched Behind the Bee, that uh, Jonas Gustafsson was best friends with Ericsson. Uh, Ericsson. Yep. Did you ever see him sat with Tukaresk? I know I haven't. That's a good point. Did you ever see pictures of Hudobin and Rast together when Hudobin was on the Bruins? Yes, you did because they went everywhere together. <laughs> so, I just think this is a great signing because you get a happy Rast back. You've got a guy on the bench who can win games at the NHL level, as he proved when he was with the Bruins last time, with a solid defense core. Yes, we don't have a solid defense core. I know that. But he's a guy who can win games, plays the same style as uh, Rast does. Good goalie. But at the other side of it, I don't like the contract. Wow. I was expecting around the 900 to a million kind of thing and I wasn't expecting two years but 
again, asset management, if he plays well, he can go off and be a backup for a, a team who maybe lose the goalie towards the end of the season. Never know. But I, I just I, I really think it's a good deal. I think he's going to do well. It gives Subban another year down in the AHL. As well, I really think Subban's going to play some games this season. We know Rask isn't going to be at camp or the preseason games, I believe. Yeah, because he's so, going to be with Team Finland for the World Cup. Exactly. So you're going to see probably Hudobin and either Zane McIntyre or Malcolm Subban split the games. So un- unless they just don't even go with Hudobin in the uh, preseason and they just put Subban and McIntyre out there and make them fight for it. Right. That's not a bad idea. You never know. But I, I don't... To to all them people who say Zayn McIntyre is the next coming of Jesus. Oh, God. Here we oh, go. Oh, my God. Just just stop. Just stop already. <laughs> He's too young. NHL goalies are so rare to come through before the 22 and actually do well. Yes, there's guys on other teams like Matt Murray that have done it. We don't have a Matt Murray. We we just we don't have that goalie that can come up right now and be solid behind Tuca and let Tuca play the minimum amount of games that he can and stay healthy. Because we've just been working to guys who are saying Tuca Rask sucks, Tuca Rask has done this, blah blah blah. What other goalie in the league did you see play that many games other than Braden Holtby because he was on a roll? With a stacked team, with a team that could have got could have done it with an AHL goalie in there. We don't have that team. We don't have that defense core. We don't have that goalie that can do that. Hudobin comes in, and he is a guy that can play maximum amount of minutes for a backup goalie and keep Tukarask healthy in case we make the playoffs. And I say in case because we all know how much it gets screwed up. Yep. But it's a good signing. There was other guys out there that were probably better, but the fact that you bring Hudobin back, who knows the Bruins, who knows guys like Chara and Bergeron and Rask and guys who were there when he was here last time, it's a good signing. I just think you could have got him for cheaper. You could have got him for one year. That's the only two problems I have. Well, but like I, I really think... I'm going to predict this. This is another prediction for me. 12 wins, probably four losses, and a couple of shootout losses for him. Uh, I think he'll be that good for us. So, I, I just want to go back on the Rask, the Rask thing real quick. Because um, yep. I, I, I I get killed on this too for, for liking the guy. But, um, uh, you know, if you look around the league and you're looking at goaltenders that make that money, then people that bitch about the $7 million deal... Yeah. Just look at what Henrik Lundqvist has done for the Rangers his whole career. His whole oh, career yeah. since he started in the league has he's had every year a 30 win season. And that's phenomenal. Those are great friggin' numbers. Yeah. But what has he done? Exactly. Absolutely nothing. And you know what? He makes I believe a little less or a little more than Rask. So, it's not it doesn't just happen in Boston. It happens Can I just say as well? Yeah, three seasons in a row, thirty wins. No, yeah. that's what Rask has. So, to me, you're looking 
people keep comparing. Uh, oh, what's his name? Nashville goalie. Pecorino. Why do I? Yeah, Pecorino. Yep. Trash. Absolute trash. And he's getting seven million a year, and yep. he has one of the best defense cores out there. No shit. Trash. You paying him seven mil? Yep. I've seen Nashville fans just go off on one about how crap he is in net, <laughs> and then, and then you've got you got guys who are going from the Bruins saying, "Oh, I wish I had Pecorino in net." <laughs> no, no, you wish we had their defense core. That's what you wish. Exactly. Because he faces what twenty shots a night because. They had a guy like Shea Weber just standing in front of the net blocking all the shots. Right. They got a guy like Roman Yossi who can just take the puck away and skate up the ice with it. We we don't have that. Chara doesn't block as many shots as he did. Seidenberg wasn't healthy enough to do that. Tory Krug isn't a shot blocker. What what have you got? You've got McQuaid who when he blocks a shot gets injured. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I'd I'd say the best defenseman and I mean defensive defenseman we have this season is Kevin Miller oh boy and I'm not joking look at his numbers he he actually was probably one of our better guys in our own end and people slated him and I know he made the odd mistake but yeah. he's only it what is a two-year vet right that's gonna happen like, yeah, guy, you look at Shea Weber made mistakes this season. Right. People are dogging Montreal for that trade right now because oh. he's just had one of the worst seasons he's had in a while. So you, you've got to look at it with swings and roundabouts. Guys have bad years. Mm -hmm. Guys do bad things in games, but when they do the good things that you don't notice, don't dog them because they made one bad pass that game. Look back at the game and see how well they played off the puck for the rest of the game. Yeah, agree. With, with with the whole hockey thing, people watch the puck. They watch the guy carrying the puck. They watch the guy defending the guy with the puck. That's all they watch. If you watch the guy go into the corner and get the puck out, they don't really pay attention to it. They don't go, oh, that guy had a really good night of pinning people to the board so he could get the pucks back. Right. You ne you never hear that. Right. You, so, yeah, you don't you don't see a lot of the stuff that's off the puck, away from the yeah, puck. He's an Kevin Miller is an un unsung hero for the Bruins. I think it could have been a hell of a lot worse this season if he wasn't here. Uh, imagine having Bartowski down there again. Right. So, I, I, I think with a better defense core, with guys like Rask and Hudobin in, we dominate this season. But we're not going to dominate because we don't have that defense core. And we have no assets that we want to give up to get that defense core. I get a quick... if we, if we do, if we do give up guys like Pasternak, Krejci, guys like that, then we're lacking on offense, and we're going to be back to the same thing where we're losing games by one goal because we can't score a goal. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, and jumping on the Hudobin, I you know I I didn't know about all that all that stuff about how close him and Raska. So, I mean that could yeah. definitely play a, a huge role in in his return. You know, and, and I, you know, I always hope for the best. You know, I, me, I'm a, I'm a paper guy. I like to see what's happening, like on the now, and not, yeah. you know. So I, I, I'll admit, I jump a little aggressively, but <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry, I, I do it all the time. Yeah, but I mean, then, it, it's, it makes good conversation. Yeah, but That's everyone, everyone, when they do that, have that five minutes of anger, take a deep breath, yeah, chill out, 
look at the situation, try and do a little research, yep. and then everything's good. <laughs> so that, that's the way I look at it. I always, always go in-depth as much as I can and then then panic. When you when you see the numbers, when you're researching and they're really bad, then panic. Right. But just because a guy's name and people are saying he's bad, don't panic then. So, uh, let, jumping back, I, I, I got to get your opinion on this. Jumping back on the Riley, uh, Riley Nash signing, the two-year deal, mm-hmm. does, does this force Chris Kelly out? Yeah, to me. Okay. Yeah, because what's Chris Kelly known for? Face-offs, penalty killing. Yeah. What's Riley Nash known for? Face-offs, penalty killing. Yeah. I, I, I can't... If they bring him back as a fourth-line left wing again, Jesus Christ. I, I think, first of all, Sweeney and Neely will get booed out of town every night in the garden, if that happens. And right. then he's going to get injured again. That knee is never going to be healthy again. That With in- that injury and his age, exactly. never going to be healthy. I don't like picking so, on. I don't like picking on people and and pointing the age factor. But you do not recover as well as a guy, a kid in the twenties. It's, it's... They've just bought out Seidenberg for the same reason. Right. That he's 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 got a bad, long-lasting injury. Don't make the mistake of signing Chris Kelly, who is basically Dennis Seidenberg as a forward. Well, I, I don't see them doing it because Sweeney's been talking about the kids. Right. And everything like that. And I know we haven't heard anything, but Chris Kelly's technically in free agency right now so exactly i i could see a team like ottawa maybe picking him up yeah i could see but, that too because he's got familiarity with that with ottawa the fans yeah well he was wasn't he drafted there i believe so sure. yeah yeah so uh, i could see that happening and in going to a team like that where they need that penalty killing guy but boston don't need that yeah. especially when you sign both Bacchus and riley nash because Bacchus definitely can take penalty killing time away from Bergeron. Never mind about Chris Kelly. So, I'd, yeah, he's going to take penalties, but at the same time, he can kill him. So, I, I I can't see him bringing him back. I hope to God they go with someone young who's already in the system to replace that fourth line left wing. Right. I'm uh... just the the only thing with free agency still being open for the next three months it's just scaring me what happens next right well we gotta we gotta jump on to this conversation about uh the group free free agents uh still available and under um contract or restrictions Mm -hmm. uh chris casto brian ferlin we know kolkachov is gone joe morrow and uh, Colin Miller. Colin Miller is a big re-sign for me. Yeah, and he's, he's got to come back. I would, I would take. I'm not too high on Chris Castro. I know the the the, the Bruins eight, um, management and scouting staff really like him. Um, I would, I would take a. I'd take Brian Ferlin back. Oh yeah, Ferlin definitely. But um, uh, Chris Breen, Breen is no. still. Uh, DeFazio, Brandon DeFazio. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and I mean, Erickson's gone, Gustafson's gone, Matt Irwin side with Nashville, Chris Kelly is still available, Kampainen's gone, Lyle's resigned. Who? Uh, Tommy Cross resigned. Oh, I, I just, he's a group six. All oh, right, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Smith is gone to Colorado, Jeremy Smith, the yeah. goaltender, Stepniak to Carolina, Max Talbot to KHL. Uh, group six resigns, Tommy Cross, Tyler Randall, and. Zach Trotman is gone to the Kings. And I was saying the other day, and I got so much hate for this, but I said, watch him become the next six defenseman who is a great shutdown player. Right. Because what did we see in him in the Bruins? We saw him play top two minutes and didn't break a sweat. He's such a strong kid. And I just think we made a big mistake in letting him go. Because so, so kid... do you think Morrow should have been the guy to go? No, no, no. Okay. I I think we should have signed, uh, we should sign Morrow and keep him. But at the same time, King signed him to a an AHL contract, I believe. Trotman. Two way. Yeah. Yeah. He'll play. He'll play in Ontario. So why couldn't we have signed him and put him in Providence? Because. What right-handed defenseman do we have in Providence now? Uh, Linus Arneson, I think he's and, a... Yeah, and then uh, we mentioned him before. I can't even think now. My mind's gone blank. But, uh, yeah, the the kid who's coming up. Carlo? Yeah, there you go. Carlo's right-handed. That's two right-handed guys on an AHL team which love to have left and right-handed defensemen. So, expect to see them pick up another guy in free agency. I, I think they will. Yeah, well, they've got the cap really space. They definitely have the oh, cap yeah. space to do it. And We've had no... Who... What, we've had three or four AHL signings and that's it? Yeah. I, I'm expecting some college free agents to come through, actually. They did last season with yeah, guys yeah. like Zarnik and Vetrano. So yeah, they scored I, big time. I can't see them not going back to the well for another year. If we if we have roster space, I see them picking up some guys. But uh, quick question: Go ahead. Sean Curley, does he come to Providence this year or next year? I believe he is available to go to Providence um, this upcoming season. I, but he'll but probably stay in college. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and that's what I'm hearing. But as a college player, you don't have any, you know, agreements like the Canadian yeah. juniors. So, you know, so he can leave if he wants to. He can leave and you know become a career, you know, hockey player, and then you go back to college and finish his, you know, his education yeah. some I, other time. But I don't see it happening because. With sentiment with the Bruins, we have that many in the NHL level that these kids will probably want to come and get a chance to go to the NHL. Yep. Like even in the first season, a guy like Curley would probably want to come play first or second line minutes on the center spot, yeah. and then maybe get a couple of games in at the NHL level to have a feel of it. Yeah, just like but just he, just like what 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 Frank Vitrano did. What college kid right now that's in the NCA is not going? Damn, you know, Boston, they, yeah, we, they actually give those guys opportunities. I wouldn't mind signing there. Yeah, and to all them people who said Claude Julian never gives young players opportunities, Frank Vitrano played 
a hell of a lot of games for a guy who never gets like gets yeah, opportunities. You'd also have to be real dumb not to freaking take his 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 first ten games in the AHL oh, yeah. a serious look. Ten games, yeah. ten goals. Well, what was it? Thirty thirty games, thirty goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played that... the he played the first ten in the AHL, then got called up for thirty. And always yeah. got six goals or something like that. Then Ben went back down to the AHL, and immediately, immediately, the day he walked in the door, the point production was going off like a. a we cl- had two goals in his first game back. Yeah, because that right. was that was the one game that I actually watched that season of Providence that I could find on a stream somewhere. Right, and it was such bad quality. But uh, he had that one timer from the slot on the power play, which I never got why they didn't use him on the power play. In- yep. Uh, Boston, uh, and he also had that rocket of a wrister from the blue line when he came over the line. That that kid is just nasty. That he's gonna be something special. And to like when I keep seeing Haggerty saying a Vetrano like player when it comes to a trade, I'm like, just don't, because if this guy becomes a top six scorer on the left side and for he... another team, yeah, everyone a bitch over oh. and over again you'll never hear the We're, end of it yeah and uh, i'm still living through the whole sagan and everything so I, oh, that, I was, that was three years today yeah and i, I never want to hear his name again uh, I, i'm sorry i brought it up <laughs> no I, I know i saw like, it on twitter everyone... and i'm like oh fuck I, oh sorry I mean, <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I, I know i know he's a good player and i know he's a great player over there but he's not brewing so to me i don't even I don't even pay attention. Unless I'm watching a Dallas Stars game when the Bruins aren't playing, I'm not paying attention. No one around the league gets my attention unless it's a Bruins player, unless it's a day off. So, to me, I wouldn't worry about what we've given up in the past because we haven't got Torelli anymore. Right. And he's not making stupid trades like he just traded Taylor Hall for nothing. I know. Hall's pissed. Oh, he yeah. was not but happy with that at all. I, I guarantee he's not as pissed as I am because <laughs> I heard for non-stop about six hours after that trade happened how Hall should have come to the Bruins for oh, Chara geez. or something. And I was <laughs> like, no, no. I, I call those guys the trade rumor uh, crazies. Oh, yeah, because you'll hear about a trade that was meant to happen seven years ago <laughs> and still hear it today. So I, I don't... If you're listening to this and you're one of those guys that goes on the trade sites, just don't force yourself not to because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> They're useless. They, right, follow guys on Twitter, yes. And if something comes up, then get a tiny bit excited, but don't expect it. But never go on the actual website and read through trade rumors because Boston is the main team that comes up in every single one of them. I had a conversation. I'm not going to say the website because I don't do that. Yeah. But um, there's one certain website that I actually had a conversation with the with the uh, curator. And I was going to cough the name then, but uh, I thought better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he basically told me what, what he does and his team of people that he has over there is they go on that general, arm, uh, general manager armchair website. Oh God! Yeah, and what they do is they they move pieces around, and if they stay in the green, which means they're under the cap, yeah. then it works. And then they publish 
a trade rumor about it. It's Be- just, just because it made sense to the cap. It's like seeing people talk about video game trades that could happen. Oh, the, uh, the NHL 17. Yeah. Yeah, if I see another guy say, oh, I can trade a second in this player for some, like, a Vetchkin, no, stop it. <laughs> it's a it video like game. <laughs> yeah. There are players teams don't want to give up, and no matter how much you push at them and give them and give them, there are guys that just will say no nonstop. If, if you gave Tampa four firsts for Steven Stamkos, it's not going to happen. Never because they're just not going to give him up. But at the same time, just just calm down on the trade rumors. Right. Just, just bring it down. Because, first of all, if the Bruins make a trade, it's not anytime soon. There's, what, three months left until the season starts? Uh, October, yeah. So October well, something. four, yeah. So, just, it's not going to happen now. If, if anything happens, it happens like a month before the season starts, so they're ready for the camp and the off-season. Right. Uh, and the preseason, sorry. So, don't expect anything now. Sweeney's already said, be patient with trades. Like, be patient with begging him to go after a trade. Because he doesn't want to pay too much for something now that will cost nothing in the future. And and the, the, the value right now for any trade talks with the Bruins... I'm sorry, but there's not a lot of... I mean, you, you got your Vetranos, you got your, you know, this and that. You got your core players. Yeah. But what teams want is youth. They're going to go after your prospects. They're going to oh, go yeah. after the recent players that have been traded. They want those. And I, I believe, I, I actually am happy and proud of Don Sweeney. Write this one down, yeah. everybody, because I am not a Sweeney fan. But he is not selling, he's not selling everything to gain a, the right now mentality of winning. We need it now. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, patience. He said, "Let's be patient. Let's work. Let's properly develop through the system, and 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 see where we go from there. Instead of just going, bam, here's here's eight million dollars for you know a certain player." Yeah. Well, look at Jacobs wants to be a franchise owner, like the guy who owns L.A., like the guy who owns Chicago. He wants to be a franchise owner. But he also wants playoffs because he wants the money. You can't have the best of both worlds. So I think he's going to start to realize that soon, that you can't expect to wait and develop your talent into a franchise. Because the reason that I always say when they're picking people in the draft, they pick for the future instead of what's available is because once they've got them core group of guys, then they can go for the best available. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that's what makes it into a franchise because you have young guys who are 23 to 25 when they're coming up into the NHL and you've got guys two years behind them that are fighting for their spot. So it's either put up the numbers or get out. So that that's to me, that's a franchise. And I think the Bruins are doing it the right way where they're going to build a core of guys start to get them ready for the NHL and when they're ready for the NHL a year or two behind them are guys that are in the same looking for the same role as them same type of player as them and whichever one does better gains the job and the one that doesn't will be shown the door and will get picks back for them and do the same thing over and over again 
So I like the way we're building. I love the way we're being patient with everything and not giving up stupid things like we used to do in the past. Yeah. It's just time. Yep, I agree. Um, uh, I got to get your opinion on this because uh, we talked about this, I believe, the first um, episode that you came on. Um, yeah. How do you feel about uh, Brent Conley leaving the Bruins? I'm, I'm upset. Yeah, I know. I know. Because uh, this guy's just signed a two-way deal to go to uh, Washington. Probably going to play in the AHL because he didn't put up numbers last year. So he's going to so, do exactly what you said the Bruins should do. Sign yeah, him to a two-way I, deal, tuck him in the Providence. They, if he shows promise and he shows that he's that he's trying, give him another chance. They didn't even qualify. No, they like, didn't. What? Why? Like, a qualifying offer is nothing. That's a minimum you can spend on that player. I think it's, when you qualify, it's the same that they got last year. So it would be nothing. So you qualify a guy, you try and sort out an agreement with him, try and get him to come. If not, then you let him go. But that's in August. So you've got all that time to sort something out. Right. So, that, he was he was RFA, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. So I, I just don't get why they didn't qualify him and ask him, like talk to him and say, look, your game needs to improve, but we want you to be a Bruin. We believe in you. Go to the AHL, put up numbers, we'll bring you up. Now Washington have come over and just said, oh, we'll put you in the AHL as soon as you pull up numbers, you'll come into the NHL. And I've read, and I've, gone. I've read a couple articles that the, uh, the Capitals franchise, they said, you know, we believe that he has the talents and we're, we're you know, we're going to see what he can do. So they, they're, they're definitely going to give him a chance. They're definitely going into it optimistic, but they, you know, you do have to give him a chance. If, if he appears on waivers, I demand the Bruins to claim him because he might not have done well in Boston, but you stuck him on the first line and expected him to score 30 goals a season, and he wasn't going to. He was a bottom six guy, and when you put him in the bottom six, he started producing. I, I just I don't get the mentality with that. I, I kind of understand it because Griffith's co- probably coming up, yeah. so it creates a space for him. But at the same time, it would have created a space for him if you'd have told him he was going down to the AHL. All right, so, so how, how do you feel about Landon Ferraro not getting a qualifying offer? Uh, I, see, that's a stu- that, it is a stupid one because he, we got him for nothing. The Red Wings fans were pissed when he got waived. I know. Absolutely pissed because they believe he was their future bottom six core guy. He can guy can play centre, left wing, right wing. What do you want him to do? Like that is a guy that I would have kept. Probably done the same thing to, giving him a two way deal for one more year and then said, Look, go to the AHL, put up points, learn how we play with the Bruins and then come back up and produce. Again, we give up a guy who's young, who the fans didn't give time to. I know I, I saw some fans actually say that they really liked him and uh, appreciated what he did in a bottom six role. But I also saw fans go, "Well, he hasn't scored twenty goals. Well, 
not every player does. That's not what every player's job is. Right. So, I, I, I am pissed, but at the same time, I can understand if they're going to go with kids. Yeah, but you what? basically got rid of Ferraro and got Riley Nash in. That's the way I see it. Yeah, and, and I agree. But um, I the Ferraro one for me, I, I do agree that he was a he was a, a toolbox player. You know what I mean? He was a kind of player that can play a multiple roles if 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 asked. Yeah. My thing with this one is uh, he's an he's an NHL player and he's and he was under an NHL contract. So even if you weren't fully committed to him during next the upcoming season, the waiver process is in play. Yeah. So if he if he doesn't do good and they send him down and he, and he, and he yeah and he, and he clears fine he goes to Providence and does his job but if he doesn't do that and somebody nabs him well then you you just freed yourself um, you know of like a million his million his, bucks his contract last year was uh, oh it's not even I think listed. it was something like seven hundred and. Twenty-five thousand. Some. It was something small. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a big. Uh, I know it was a two-way deal, but he was waiver eligible because he played too many games. Right. In Detroit, while that suit was injured. So I mean, I would. I would have purely just given them the, the an opportunity, a one-year deal, just on that. Because if it doesn't work out, you can waive them. And, and but <clears throat> with him not being signed as of right now, July fourth, doesn't really make that waiver um, process too, uh, too, uh, too realistic. You know what I'm saying? Because if yeah. a team what? really wanted him on their, on their franchise, July 1, he would have been signed. Yeah, he would have been qualified at least but like at the beginning. When the upcoming season Wait. is in play, now if a team still needs the availability, I mean, any, uh, anything could happen. Somebody gets hurt yeah. in camp at that certain position. Now he's a, a an available asset to be brought in as, at a, at a low cap hit. Yeah, and where do you see him signing? Because I've got two teams right now that I can say are probably going to sign him. A Detroit is Detroit one of them. Yep, definitely. I I can read you like a book, even though you're three thousand miles away. Detroit, if they sign him back, it's a genius move. Yeah. Ken, so, yeah, Ken Holland's not a stupid guy either. It, he's either going to Detroit or he's going to Toronto. They're the two places that he's he's perfect for. Toronto need a penalty killer. Landon Ferraro's a penalty killer. So they're, they're the two places I see him go in. And I, I kind of hope the Bruins talk to him about a two-way deal seeing he's still a free agent. But I don't see it happening if they just let him go. So right, yeah. So jumping back on the goaltending, because we're both goaltenders and we love yeah. talking about this. Um, with the signing of Anton Kudobin, you obviously are willing to um, give Subban another, you know, a year. Uh, so it, in reality, it's going to be the Subban and McIntyre show down in Providence. Now, yeah, but I see Subban starting more games this season than he did last season. Right. Hmm. I don't believe that the, uh, the Bruins organization is going to want to do like a 35-35 kind of split the season. I think they give uh, Subban more time. 
Uh, yeah. McIntyre, clearly not ready. I don't care what anybody says. I watch every game, and, and from my opinion, no. He's the first. There's a couple of really horrible games. Yeah. Him last oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that game in the playoffs where they put him in. Yeah. That was a. Yeah. But. Well. I. Now, Daniel Vladar has a. He recently signed a three year entry level deal. Now. He's in the mix, and of course, you know the Providence Bruins franchise is not going to roll the three-headed monster of goaltenders. Oh, yeah. no. So, what? What do you do? You see, of Vladar uh, either staying in the USHL with Chicago Steel, or do you see him actually going to a place in the East Coast Hockey League like Atlanta and like getting in like forty games? I mean, that's a that's it's a it's a realistic um, scenario. Yeah, uh, to me, I see him going to the Gladiators and playing a full season as a starter because if he stays with the Steel, they're probably going to go with their younger guy and build him into a prospect that can be drafted. Because a, a lot of a lot of teams do that. Yeah, unless you're a great goalie and they keep you on because they want to win games, I understand. But a lot of teams when they've got a young goalie prospect who's doing well, they'll give him the starter role because they know he's going to be going into the draft soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I bring him I bring him into the Gladiators and put him as a starter without a doubt. Yeah, because please. what? who else is down there? Matt Ginn? Yeah, Matt I don't Ginn. Think, I think he's gone to free agency now because I'm pretty sure he was only yeah, on the last, one year. The last time I looked on generalfanager.com's... Um, free agent list i i narrowed it down to just the uh ufa goaltenders and he was on the list yeah so i I give him the starter role down there i'd i'd see him probably progressing to the ahl the year after probably backing up mcintyre but the thing with him is he's known as just a big goalie like You've not seen anything on him saying, "Oh, he's he he really looks good, like he looks like an amazing goalie." He's kind of like um, remember when Gustafson came into the league? Yes. And everyone was like, "Oh my God, look at how tall he is! He's going to be amazing." Oh, Toronto. That's kind, Toronto media it's kind ate of that like, up. Yeah, it, the, it it's the same situation. The amount of people that are so like when it, when his name was called, they said, "Oh, I have no idea who this guy is." Oh, I don't like this. Why have we got another goaltender? And then someone put up his stats about his size and weight and everything. And the Bruins fans just went insane. Like, oh my God, we've got a Ben Bishop. No, we we don't know what we've got. It, we This is a guy who's going to take five years just to probably get out of the AHL if he does become NHL quality. So... I can see them going down the route of the whole Subban as starter, Vladar as backup. Because they're, they're going to want to sometime soon have a solid backup for Tuka Rask until he retires. Yep. So they're, they're going to have a guy who's probably signed to a four or five year deal as a backup. Because we've had every year for the past, well, since Tuka Rask was backup, we've had just. One year of this guy, one year of that guy, one year of this guy. Yeah, it and, went. It went Rask. <sighs> it went Hudobin. It went Chad Johnson, Nicholas yeah, and, Fedberg, and Jonas yeah. Gustafsson. 
Like, that's a crazy turnover for backup goalies. And believe but, it or not, the only goaltender that made over a million dollars, a million and over, was Rask, and that was five years ago. Everybody yeah. else has been a uh, $600,000, $700,000, uh, $850,000 $850, type of player. Well, other than Hudobin this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, like, <clears throat> I, th- I think this is why they're taking the time with Subban. Because they want him to be solid in relief of Tukarask. They want him to be that guy who can play 20, 25 games, 30 games a season. Like, the, if you rush a guy like that, like we saw with that game where he came in and he just leaked a few goals and went straight back down to Providence, probably the same night, got told he was going straight back down. Probably by police escort. Oh, yeah. But... Like, why why would you just give him that one game, bash his confidence, send him back down, because it's going to take a year just to get that confidence back up? Like, I, I would have liked to have seen him give him, like, five games in backup. Mm-hmm. And then kind of even just wave Gustafson on waivers when he came back healthy. Just get rid of him and let Subban have the rest of the year. The only problem was we were in a playoff picture and they thought we were going to make it. Yeah, and Subban had an injury that was knocked them out for the rest of the year. Yeah, so I say this season, if we're not in a playoff picture and it gets to the deadline, you trade a guy like Lyles, you trade a guy like Hudobin, you trade all those guys that are no-move contracts, short-term deals, anyone on the team that's on that, you move them. And you just go with kids, let him get the feel. Guys like Zarnik, bring him up. Guys like Vetrano, if he's in the AHL, which I doubt, bring him up. Guys like Hargrove, bring him up. Let them learn the the speed of the NHL. Let them learn everything that's happening. Just give them that time. Because if you're out of a playoff picture, why not? Right. So hey. I, there's bits of me that hope we don't we're not in the playoff picture at the deadline because I want to see these guys come up and like see a bit of the NHL. But at the same time, the fan in me wants to be in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what's funny just... is I'm looking on generalfanager.com and we, I, we've totally forgot to talk about the to, uh, Tory Krug signing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, great deal. Just a really good deal. But you know what's funny? I, I believe so, too. You know, I like Kruger. He's a good offensive defenseman. Jumps in. You know, I don't like him uh, in our own zone against uh, the, the the mismatch of size. But, you know, yeah. he, he's, he can play the game. We all, we all know that. But my interesting thing about this contract is he's got no, nothing on his contract for two years. His final two years... He has no move, no trade. Yeah, but do you know what's scary about that? They can move him. Expansion draft. Oh, yeah, but, shit. Yeah, that, that's what scared about me that. about it. That's why I said Hudobin's a really good call because it keeps Subban protected by being in the AHL. I know. I'm sorry. But just... it, it's, it's just little bits like that where I start to think, like, I, no one's mentioned anything about whether Bacchus has a no-move clause. So can you imagine that guy having a storming season, scoring 30 goals, putting up everything, and then just gone? His contract, no movement for Thank this for season, 
And the next two. Yep. Last two is just no trade. Ah, uh, right. So he's so, got red no movement for three seasons and blue no trade for the last two. So he's just got to give a list of teams. Right. That, that's See, that's a good deal because, like I said, you're getting a leadership guy. To me, he's going to be a guy that wears the A instead of Krejci when Bergeron takes over. Like, I, I see them probably giving Krug the A. Yeah, that that the makes a, sense. That makes sense. And then... And then giving because Krug's a great locker room guy. Yeah. Like people forget this. Like he makes everyone happy in the locker room. He's always cracking jokes. And you know what? It's funny is he's the only him and Marshan are the only ones that are actually saying we've lost the leadership in the locker room. It's not uh, like it used to be. We got to get it back. He's constantly can you saying imagine, that. Can you imagine having the balls to say that when you know you're going into a room with Zidane Ochara afterwards? Right. <laughs> like. It, there's got to be something wrong if you say that and go into a room with a seven foot giant who's going to kill you. Like, <laughs> just some people, someone's got to listen to him. Someone's got to finally turn around. And I think it'll happen this season, to be honest, because if we don't do well, I can see Chara just going, right, we've got no chance of making the playoffs in the next few years. I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. Because. I can see Chara doing that because if it comes to the expansion draft where guys are going to be unprotected that we need to protect, I think Chara will retire just for the fact that it'll free up his no-trade clause so it'll take away that one object that can't be taken. It'll give them protection for another player that we need to keep. That's why I see guys like Carlo never making the team this year. Right. Because if a team comes, they're not going to want 35-year-olds. They're not going to, if they're clever, they're not going to come in and go, I want that guy because he's a star player, but he's only got two years of his time left. They're going to want kids who look like they're going to be good. Yeah, so and, guys and like, I'll tell guys you, like Vetrano, Pasternak, guys like that are guys we have to protect at yeah. all costs. I'll tell you, from everything that I've been reading, and I, I, just, I love reading everything about the NHL. I'm not just a biased Bruins fan, but when I, when I read columns about this, is um, Las Vegas? They're prepared to be very competitive year one. It's not going to yeah. be. It's not going to be like uh, you know past expansions when they've just you know they grab a bunch of players together just to get the franchise off the ground, and then start creating you know through draft and through you know small player moves. This is a team that you know I I don't know if it's you know if it's going to happen this way, but there's a lot of uh, top writers are saying. That a team like this could possibly be a playoff, uh, a playoff team year one. Yeah, because we're we're in the age of analytics, and if they're smart, they'll have a good analytics guy, and you'll see guys that people go, oh, I don't mind him going, and like people who don't look great on our team, but have the analytics to back up that they're actually a good player. Right. I can see them building a team through that and just absolutely storming a season, probably doing really good. But at the same time, if they don't have that, it could become a joke. Like, you could see another New Jersey where they have all old guys and they just can't work together. But then again, New Jersey have Taylor Hall now, so <laughs> I can't really say much. But... Uh, yeah, that, that's probably going to haunt me for the rest of my life as well. So, right. uh, yeah, but 
expansion draft is scary at the same time we can't dwell on that all season right because otherwise we're just going to be going oh what if this guy goes what if that guy goes and every time someone has a good game people are going to be worried about them going I'd just leave it up to the management they're going to know what's best for us yeah exactly yeah alright bud okay it's been uh, over an hour we're pushing an hour and a half now so yeah it's uh, it's good talk, good conversation. Um, if uh, anybody out there wants to get on some good Bruins uh, literature, please go over to thehockeywriters.com. I am a writer there myself, a contributor, along with uh, a few other Bruins con- good Bruins contributors. So go over there and check them out. And if you want to have a laugh, follow us both on Twitter because we just take the piss out of each other all the time. So. Exactly. I so am good. at THW Black and Gold. Rob is at Rob40Bruins. So hit us up. Tell us what you think. Fill us in. And I'm obviously a Tuka Ref fan by my uh, Twitter handle. So yep. exactly. feel free to bully me. Exactly. For and the me fact too. that I like an elite goalie. Yep. Oh my yep, god, I you said, said the E I word. Said I said, I said oh shit. Oh, this shit's uh, gonna be. This just got real. It's going down. Is that your mic drop? Is that your mic drop moment and you're like fucking walking away? Yep. It's elite. <laughs> He's elite. Done. Oh, I can't wait to get hammered on this one. All right. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for uh, uh, everybody listening to number 17, uh, the episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. And we, I, I think we're gonna get together next week if, if Rob's available uh, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday uh, night a good day or Sunday? Sunday is better for me. Excellent. Uh, we'll we'll see you all and thank you for listening. Always thank you for the, 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 the positive feedback that everybody's given and the continued listens. And we will see you next week. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks. for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material. Yeah.